Okay, and we're back, episode 13. Phil? Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> sort of like Pavarotti or something. I, I, like that. I don't know. I was As going you... for Sideshow Mel, but oh. I, I kind of backed off. <laughs> Sideshow Mel, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Get you, you know, an afro with a bone through it. Exactly. There is nothing better. <laughs> okay, so we're on episode 13. So for this week, um, in honor of it being the 13th episode, lucky, you know, 13, and then also the fact it's October, you know, everybody's got their Halloween stuff out. We'll do the rate, we'll do the movies that we've seen or, you know, the normal segment of stuff that maybe we have, we each other have not seen, which I was told in a piece of feedback, by the way, I was told was the, this particular listener, mm. that was their favorite section. <laughs> What's that? The, the ones where like, if you have seen it and I haven't? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was told that that was... <laughs> so you don't want to hear us talk then. <laughs> I, think it, I think what it was is that uh, it was something like the movies, when we both have seen them, yeah. we tend to not explain the movies very well. Yeah. So if somebody out there is listening hasn't seen it, they're like, what are they talking about? <laughs> so maybe we should try and do a little better job of <laughs> Of actually explaining what movie is weird. Huh? Yeah, we'll just, we'll do a title, we'll do a few lines, and we'll be like, that was funny, okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, hey, if it works for us, it should work for you, man. Exactly. You should be on our page, not our, us on yours. <laughs> but, okay, so we'll do, we'll do the, you know, the normal stuff, but then I was thinking we could do um, some of the horror movies uh, that we have seen some of the most, me- just the memorable moments, just quickly not have to go into all these, because we've talked about a bunch of horror movies anyway, but, you know, horror from every horror movie, there's usually at least one sort of memorable, or any horror series, because like we mentioned before, we've seen, we, we sat down and watched like 40 horror movies, because they were all in a row, the, the series yeah. ones. So, I think, let's see, first off, we'll do one that we have both seen. Well, there's two that we have both seen that we have listed here. First Night and Red Dawn. Oh, God. So which one are we doing first? Hey, man, it's totally your choice. Let's do... Let's do First Night first, just because of the <laughs> fact that it's the first one I wrote down. <laughs> so, yeah. Because in the title, it's called First. Oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> quick on the draw tonight. Okay, so if you want some explanation, First Night is, uh, is uh, King Arthur, right? Yep. Uh, with Sean Connery as King Arthur, Richard Gere as Lancelot, Lancelot and um, Julia Ormond as uh, yeah. Guinevere. Yeah, and in the and I don't know, I'm not as familiar with the King Arthur actual like specifics of the story of King Arthur, mm-hmm. but in the movie, uh, Lancelot Richard Gere is sort of this. He's not a knight. He's just this guy who wanders around. He's like. A drifter, basically. Yeah. Who goes into villages and has sword fights for money. Hey, there you go. And Wouldn't you want that life? Oh, totally. Especially if I looked like Richard Gere. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> what, prematurely great? Like 22? Oh, come on, man. Women love Richard Gere. Just go to village to village. Just... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, so, in the movie, he falls in love with Guinevere... Um, and then she goes, she's on her way to marry King Arthur uh-huh. and, um, he rescues her. She gets kidnapped by the enemy of 
of King Arthur. Who, ben and I, Cross. Right. And I forget his name in the movie. I think he's a made... I, I had never heard that character. So oh, really? I think he was made up for that movie. Okay. So then she gets kidnapped because Ben Cross hates Arthur and uh, Richard Gere goes to rescue her. Yeah. So then Arthur says, oh, you can now be a knight of the round table because I owe you my wife's life. And <laughs> the only reason he takes it is so that he can get... He can stay around Guinevere. Yeah. Which... I thought it was kind of shitty. Like, I was like, <laughs> these guys are supposed to be all about our, you know, uh, our honor and the honor of Camelot and all this stuff, but he just wants to bang the king's wife. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh-huh. Do, if I remember correctly, doesn't he have to, like, run some obstacle course to get the queen to kiss him? Yeah, they have, like, this fair, and there's this little gauntlet thing. Yeah. And he does it, um, and <laughs> the prize is to get a kiss, <laughs> but then he doesn't take the kiss because he doesn't want to embarrass her in front of Arthur or something. Oh, how yeah. gentlemanly. Right. So, you know, uh, I mean, the movie, and you mentioned this before, it's funny because it's, it's supposed to be set in medieval times, but everybody looks very cl- well scrubbed <laughs> and all the clothes are clean. Everybody has their makeup on and everybody's looks great and their clothes don't have a single spot, even though if it were real, they'd probably have been wearing them for about a month. Right. <laughs> well, and I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I mean, it was... Um, I think, it, uh, well, if I remember, it's like one of the Zucker brothers. I think it's a Zucker brother that did Ghost, and I can't remember who that is. Yeah. Well, it's um, a Zucker brothers production, I remember no, for it, sure. he directed it, and um, it was not a good choice. It was just out of his depth, you know? Yeah. This, these, those guys, no comedy. They shouldn't be trying to do, like... Medieval jousting action. Yeah. Well, I thought it was technically it was very it was well done. I mean, the stunts and stuff were good. I th- I really got the impression I was like, oh, you know, the stunts and everything. I thought those were good. You know the. Well, I just uh, as I recall, the cinematography is bad because well, I always think unless it's like a kid movie, no movie should be that bright. I just don't I just don't agree with that. I, I look at it and go, it's too bright. It looks like a television show. Yeah, well, I can see that. I didn't really get that impression necessarily, I, but it's it's just not my favorite. I think there there are better um, King Arthur movies out there. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was. I mean, and just getting into the story back to what I was saying before. Mm-hmm. In that movie, Lancelot's kind of a dick. I mean, he's he's, and then he gets all upset when because he he takes his position as Knight of the Round Table. And then he's making out with the Guinevere, and Sean Connery catches him, and he's all upset. He's like, "My king, I didn't mean to hurt you." And yes, you did. That's the only reason you're here. <laughs> you know, a tidbit. I've always heard that Sean Connery was like the universe's biggest tightwad when it came to money. Like, apparently, he has like he learned accounting so he could do the books on his movies that he makes. To figure out if they're jipping him out of a dime. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, the, the whole... I, it's so funny, Sean. Um, the, the, the reason he made League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was... I read this article. He's like, well, they offered me The Matrix. And I didn't get it, so I didn't take it. And they offered me Star Wars. And I didn't get it, so I didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> and so this one, uh, they offered me it. I didn't get it. But I took it. Oh, wow. <laughs> about taking your swing at the wrong pitch there, buddy. Exactly. Wow. A little late. Yeah. <laughs> the Matrix and Star Wars, and then he went with League of Extraordinary Exactly. Gentlemen. Wow. Okay, well. <laughs> he, was, he was good in it, and um, 
the comment that was made, not by me, but the comment that was made while watching the movie was, without Sean Connery, it would really be probably a B movie, like a real, real B movie. Yeah, well, it, to me, it looks like one. It looks like, you know, something that was made on the cheap. And the only thing expensive in it are its stars. And Julia Ormond, I'm sorry, I love you, but I can't imagine you were that expensive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sean well, Connery, Richard Gere. stuff, I mean. It was, I think it was supposed to be kind of a comeback vehicle for Gear, and it didn't work. That movie was a fairly a moderate hit, wasn't it? No, I don't think so. No? I don't remember it as that. If I'm wrong, people out podcast land, you let me know, but I don't remember that being a hit at all. Huh. See, I was under the impression that it was a, maybe not some kind of blockbuster smash. I don't even think it was like a single. It might have made $25, $30 million. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, well then I had a completely wrong idea of that movie, but whatever. I mean, again, <laughs> and the thing is, is that it was a de- it was a decent movie. It's w- not like god awful. Like no. I don't regret having watched that movie. In fact, I've probably seen it two or three times. Yeah. But it's not something I would recommend to somebody. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I noticed too is that in the movie and that I, I don't know if this was on purpose or what. It probably was. But if you notice in the movie, um, the all the guys that are sort of the the good guys that on Arthur's you know and the Camelot the knights and yeah. even just the army uh-huh. they're all decent looking guys either that or even if they're not necessarily like handsome guys they're sort of rugged and you know whatever yeah. the guys that are all on the bad guys army they are all literally butt ugly <laughs> I mean they're like you look at them you're like oh my god what happened to that guy. And, <laughs> It was so, it was just, I don't know why I noticed that, but it was, to me, it really stood out. I guess that's a way to distinguish. Yeah. Oh, God, you're ugly. You must be evil. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, the bad guy, he lived in a cave. I know, that giant cave, and I love, what was with the, play? I mean, he just like stuck her on a little shelf and said, you stay there. Well, it was, yeah, but there was the big pit around it, but yeah, yeah it, it was, kind of funny I was why would, you, why would you if you're this bad guy who supposedly has this big army and all this stuff why would you live in a cave <laughs> because it emphasizes that he's bad yeah, well yeah but <laughs> come on you know so I mean it was again I, my impression of it was is it wasn't a bad movie it was actually longer than I remember it, mm-hmm. or than I thought it was going to be because it was like two hours long which for that type of movie it, that seems a little long to me eh, for Ostensibly, like a period piece, I don't, I don't. It doesn't. Maybe, seem yeah, because maybe it was supposed to be fairly sweeping and epic and whatever. But you know, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. It probably wouldn't be one that I would run out and rent again or anything. But I didn't dislike it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So then, okay, we're moving on now to another sweeping epic Ooh. of 1980s America in at war with Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Now this, when growing up, this was one of my favorite movies of I all I think time. if you grew up when we did it, it was kind of like required that you love Red Dawn. Probably. And just, you know, for a little bit of backstory, if someone hasn't seen Red Dawn, but if you haven't, you've got to go see it, unless you want to wait for the new remade version, which I don't get. We'll get into that in a minute. But <laughs> the story <laughs> is, is that, Amer- <laughs> that the U.S. gets invaded by Russia and Cuba. Basically the commies. Yeah. Because you know, uh-huh. it was made in, what, 85, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it was right around Rambo and the Cold uh-huh. War and Reagan and all that. Well, the U.S. gets invaded by the commies and Patrick Swayze and C. Thomas Howell and Charlie Sheen. Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. Leah Thompson. Yeah. 
and then a bunch of other not well-known actors <laughs> go they're in Cal- they're in Colorado and they go run up run off to the mountains and become this guerrilla fighting force fighting the Russians exactly Wolverines man Wolverines <laughs> and I watched the Rift Tracks version they made a good point yeah, you know their high school name was their high school team's name was the Wolverines right but I mean it wouldn't have worked so well if they were like the you know the Bluebirds or something <laughs> you know <laughs> Bluebirds exactly it's not quite as frightening <laughs> you know, um, Commerce City Devil Rabbits or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, I like I said, growing up, that was like one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, it's got a fair amount of well-known. I mean, we've listed some actors, and then there's like oh. Harry Dean Stanton's in it. Yes. Um, I can't remember. There was the guy that played the mayor. He's a he's one of like those guys. Yeah, I think he might have been the pitcher from Major League. <laughs> I the old don't guy. Know. I don't. You have probably haven't seen it in a long time. I just watched it, and plus, I know it back and forth. Well, I watched it maybe a year ago, but I don't. I've never seen Major League. So, oh. um, I I tell you the the most memorable scene in that movie is like the very beginning. It, it like haunted me when I was a kid because I always thought, "Oh, we're gonna be invaded, and they're gonna do that." Is when uh, the black principal goes out like, "Hey, what are you guys doing out there?" <laughs> I was like, "Ah, <laughs> they killed the principal." Yeah, well, yeah. Who's that? Is that black guy with a real goofy voice? Yeah, yeah. Because he was—he's in batteries not included. Well, he's also the—he's also the the chief in um, or the captain in uh, Loaded Weapon One. That's right. Where he's like, "I'm the one doing the yelling around here." <laughs> But no, because I, I, I think maybe it was just because, you know, at that time in your life, I was just starting school and you had to, like, look up to the principal. Right. And these guys were like... Yeah, they're blowing them away. Well, you know, the one part, and that's that same scene that always got to me, was uh, for some reason, just the image of that one kid, because, like, they start shooting at the school and all the kids hit the ground and there was the one kid... Who didn't. ...that was hanging out the window all shot up. I was like, ah! Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's some things in that movie I don't get, like when they just like freak out at the end and see Thomas Howell just goes nuts and like just waits to get shot. I didn't get that. Where he, yeah, because the, the helicopter's flying around and you're right. He just, he's like, he just stands out in the middle of that little field and just like he starts shooting at the helicopter with his gun uh-huh. and he's just like basically saying, okay, shoot me. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't particularly get that either. I, I, <laughs> and like at the end, um, when when uh, Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen, who play brothers in the movie, uh, they go into the town and they set off the big raid mm-hmm. on the town so that Leah Thompson and that one like Hispanic kid can get away because that's all that's left of their group. Right. And um, I didn't really understand that either. It was kind of like they're just saying, well... And he said something like, we're all used up. I was like, What? I mean, well, they've been doing it for what? I, I th- is it like a year or something? Or yeah, it's like a year, year and a half, something. Like that. But still, I'm kind of going. Why don't you guys just all get away? I know. You know, <laughs> oh, What's stopping you? Exactly. Oh, and how did we forget the immortal Powers Booth? As, Powers Booth. As the as the fighter pilot that gets shot down, and then Leah Thompson gets a crush on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, John Milius is like no. I, I, there's almost no style to any of his movies. He's like a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, yeah, there's not much style to that movie. <laughs> you know what I read, though? This was kind of an interesting thing, and this is years ago, so I'm sure that this has probably changed. Mm. But um, I had a copy when I was 
I don't know if I would say necessarily a kid kid, but um, I had a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records, and that movie was listed as the most violent movie ever made, <laughs> based on the number of deaths in the movie. Okay. I couldn't believe it because for as much as that is a war movie and a bunch of people get shot up and stuff like that, yeah. it didn't strike me as overly violent no it's not violent but if you're going simply on casualties i get it because you know they're constantly like shooting up whole convoys of russians right exactly yeah but um but no it's not it's actually pretty mild by today's standards. oh sure i mean i can't wait to see it in the remake we were talking about this earlier i just don't get that it's such a creature of its time there is no more cold war who the hell's gonna invade this country? I know. I mean, who, and we were talking like we were saying. It's like, what is Al Qaeda gonna invade the? <laughs> Not really. I yeah. mean, I don't get. I would. Oh. Really, bless me. I would be interested to go online and read to see if maybe there's an explanation of what the how well, they're know, gonna do it. I don't know. I mean, I uh, I keep reading that they're trying to do it. I haven't read that anybody has like successfully actually started it. So we'll see. I heard on. The radio, or on maybe one of these other podcasts, that they're actually shooting it right now. Really? Yep. Because one of these kind of either movie or TV guys or somebody was talking about an actress that was on in one of his movies or on a TV show, or whatever. Who said he said she's now out shooting Red Dawn. I mean, it's just so weird. I, yeah. Well, and you, you know the one thing too about that movie that I even noticed this when I was a kid well. is that, um. There's these sort of these gaps where they don't really explain what happens. Yeah, it just kind of shifts. Yeah, and then like all of a sudden there'll be some guys that are not in this group anymore. And obviously the implication is is they got killed. But you're like, wait a minute. Wait, (laughs) Wait, there's like three less guys now. What happened? You know? Um, And then they carve their names on the rock and all that stuff. And you're going, oh, well, okay, that's shorthand for they, yeah, they got killed. You know, and one thing I didn't notice until just this time watching it uh-huh. is that in the end, the last time it shows them carving on the rock, um, Patrick Swayze is carving his own name into the rock. So obviously, I mean, it goes yeah. along with what you just wandering into this town to get killed. But I didn't even notice that before. And I've seen that movie like 50 times. You'd think I'd have noticed <laughs> that. It's, Maybe you did. You just forgot. No, I seriously didn't. I was looking. I went, oh my God, he's kid. He's carving his own name on there. He said Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Look for me in, you know, Ghost or whatever. <laughs> Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I might get an Oscar one day. <laughs> well, and then, the, you know, it's like Charlie Sheen. And, you know, Charlie Sheen is always sort of interesting to watch because he's he's sort of calm and then all of a sudden he sort of freak out a little bit and then yeah. calm again and that's not how Martin Sheen is is he? Nor Emilio Estevez Emilio Estevez gotta love him <laughs> he just kind of disappeared after a while didn't he? yeah I can't the last god last thing I can think of him <laughs> being in was his uncredited cameo in Mission Impossible well he directed stuff like was it was Rated X after that, or was it before it? I we don't watched remember. that. Yeah, Rated X. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the story him. of the making of the green, behind the green door. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, okay, <laughs> here's one if you can think of it now. If you can think of this, good job, but nobody would get it besides maybe me and you. What's the other movie that Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez starred in together? 
Also, by the way, directed by Emilio Estevez. Wisdom? No. Wait, no, maybe it wasn't directed by Emilio Estevez. But they were both in it together, for sure. They were both the stars. I don't know. Men at Work. Oh, yeah. With the Garbage Men. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I liked that movie when I was a kid, too. <laughs> I don't even know I why. Th- I thought of a trivia question. In Rated X. <laughs> this is a good one. What actor, whilst drugged, does uh, Charlie Sheen, I think, say should come out of the spaceship in their porn movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Charlie Sheen, while he's all coked up, says this actor should come out of the spaceship. Yes. Okay. You know what? I remember that scene, and I'm trying. To, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm trying to remember. I think I know the answer to this. You'll have to tell me later, but <laughs> I think I remember the answer to this because I remember that scene where they were just all fucked up and they were just coming up with the stupidest ideas and going, let's shoot it. I know. You're like, okay, spaceship comes out and blank comes out and he like starts talking with a monkey. Yeah, and then, he's, <laughs> and then it's in Egypt or something or whatever the hell. Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, and that, Emilio Estevez has directed a few movies now. He directed Wisdom. Yeah. He directed. Um, he. I think he did direct Men at Work. I yeah, think I think he did. I think he did. I think you're right. And that rated X movie, and there was that movie about Robert Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. Bobby, right? Which I never saw. I didn't see it either, but I heard it was pretty good. Charlie, my brother said it was uh, not good. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I've never seen it, so I can't comment. But uh, yeah, you know. Um, but like I said, the last movie I can remember him being in, it was either that Rated X or the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, which that was so weird to see him in Mission Impossible. What's Milo Estevez doing in Mission Impossible? Maybe he and Brian De Palma are like... like. Actually, I, I heard what he was doing in that. I read this somewhere where he was just literally just wandering around the set or like the studio one day. He was uh-huh. there to do a meeting or something. <laughs> and they just said, hey, you want to be in Mission Impossible? And he's <laughs> like, what? They're like, it'll, be, it'll take you two hours. And he's like, okay. So that's how he ended up being in that movie. I love that. Like, in Star Trek Six. That was the story of how they got Christian Slater into Star Trek Six. was like, he was shooting next door. He's like, hey, can I be in it? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, take this line. Yeah, the, like the two lines that he yeah. had where he's bugging Sulu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. We got a little off track. But anyway, <laughs> going back to uh, Red Dawn, I mean... It's funny to me that, and the characters in that movie are very ill-defined characters. They're very broad, yeah. Except for, I mean, you don't even know who some of them are at points. Uh Uh-huh. Except for, you know, Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, Lee Thompson, Jennifer Grey, Powers Booth, C. Thomas Howell. The rest of them are just sort of like there. Uh Uh-huh. And there's the one kid named Aardvark. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) you know, and, and, and it's weird because in these scenes you're supposed to, it seems like you're really supposed to care what happens to these certain characters but you're like, how can I care about this character if I don't even know who the hell that is? Yeah. You know? You're supposed to feel like you've been thrust into the battle with them. Oh, right. Okay. Come on, man. <laughs> I Get your patriotism up. Well, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit of a... And it's funny because that movie, it comes across as super, like, jingoistic. And it is. John Milius but, is one of the few conservative filmmakers... In Hollywood. Right. But I think that all... But in the movie, if you watch the movie, it's almost like it's not even... They're not even necessarily going, go USA. They're kind of going, uh, you invaded our town, so we're pissed at you now. Or something. 
Well, but I think to him, he would say that it's the one and the same. They invaded Colorado, and they're pissed that the Russians are in America. Right. Well, and the other thing I never really understood, and we don't want to spend all night on this, but <laughs> one thing I never really... On the things Amos never no, I just didn't get it. Um, <laughs> we could go on all night with these. But, um, okay, what is so strategically important about this little podunk town in Colorado? A railroad, I would assume. I would guess, but at the same time, I'm kind of going, wow, uh, you know, it's like we invaded Leadville. <laughs> and anybody who doesn't live in Colorado might not get that, but <laughs> Leadville is this tiny little town up on the fucking top of this mountain that's like 14,000 hey, Leadville's feet. great, man. Leadville's like the highest metropolis in North America. It's the highest incorporated city in North America, yeah. Which... Means it's butt ass cold up there because it is. Uh, one of my my uncle one time went to the highest metropolis or incorporated city or whatever in the world, which is a city in Peru at or Bolivia at, at fourteen thousand feet. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe? Can you? I've hiked mountains nearly that high. I can't imagine living. That oh, high. I know above the timberline. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no way. But so anyway, that's just one thing that. I mean, and I know it serves the story as opposed to that, you know, the story serving that particular point. Well, okay. It's just the, I, I would assume that it's just the railroad. Sure. Transportation. Sure. Well, but Supply you know. Supply lines, man. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, we won't go into anything else I don't understand about Red Dawn. Jesus, then the uh, podcast is over. No. Touche. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So. Here's what we'll do, because those are really the only two that we've uh, that we can, that we came up with that we have both seen, you know. Yeah. You know, because we both kind of were slacking the short week and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. We know. didn't get together till Saturday good, last good, week. Good Broncos game, so that took a whole day out of my schedule. <laughs> but I don't watch. Yeah. So. Rockies um, lost. I heard. Yes, they did. <laughs> they blew it too, big time. In the ninth. Yeah, two outs. Oh, well. This isn't a sports podcast. <laughs> we can make it one if you want. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to hold my end of the portion okay. up there. It'd just right. become the Amos sports podcast. There we go. I'll just be being With occasional uh-huh for me. Yeah, exactly. Really? <laughs> you, you would take over the really? Exactly. Yeah. I can't give up my really, dude. I just can't do it. <laughs> that's my that's my catchphrase. That's my thing! That's my catchphrase. You do the opening and closing, I do the reallys. <laughs> <laughs> and the one other thing I didn't get... It was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, no fun, it's no fun to talk about the stuff you did get because you're like, oh, you know what I understood about that? That would be a significantly shorter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's what we'll do. Since we're just about at the halfway mark, which I'm a little surprised that those took up so much time, but um, we'll do the smoke break. We'll come back. We'll do our horror thing. Um, the section. What did we end up naming that section about movies that we haven't both seen? Uh, Is that what it was? Oh, wasn't it like we nearly watched the same movie? <laughs> yeah, we almost watched this together or something? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> we'll do, okay, then we'll come back. We'll do the horror thing. We'll do that. And then, you know, we'll let these people go for another week. Uh, they'll enjoy <laughs> I'm sure they will. Sayonara! Welcome back! Oh, that was a... I forgot to rewind it a little bit. That might be kind of a gap there. Well, whatever. Yeah. If they can't... I if, said sayonara! Exactly. Well, if they can't stand a point 
two second gap or something, then they're not paying attention anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Um, which judging by the numbers, somebody out there is paying attention. I know I had a couple friends who told me they listened. So. Okay, well there you go, because I just checked it today and there's actually some downloads and stuff. I'm going, okay, great, cool. So, there's somebody <laughs> out listening. there. Somebody out there is listening to us. They're just not talking to us. Exactly. Can you FBI at gmail.com? Use it. Love, Love it. it. Live it, learn it, love it, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever they fast times. Um, <laughs> I think you have to be a little more enthusiastic with that one. You're like, yeah. live it, learn it. Yeah, whatever. It. Just do yeah. it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's what we'll do. And this make this segment may completely bomb, but um, <laughs> considering, like I said, it is the 13th episode and it's October and everything, what we'll do is we'll name off a couple. Well, you can even go back and forth on this, just naming off the memorable... Things that you remember from each of these either movies or series. Okay. Okay. We'll try. Okay, so uh, I'll go first for you, which I know that you've probably seen these and maybe remember these a little bit better than I do because they weren't my favorite. was Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, we're not talking about the new one, obviously, because we talked about that already. Yeah, yeah. Well, and nobody's seen it. Well, yeah. Um, uh, for me, the my, my favorite one, obviously, is the new Nightmare. I was never the biggest fan of that series just because I never really thought Freddy was that scary. Right. But um, he was, he's always too much of a jokester, you know? Yeah. But uh, I get that that was the point. Yeah, um, it kind of was. <laughs> but I love the new Nightmare. Um, I love all that stuff with the claws coming through the sheets and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the one I always remember was um, where uh, Johnny Depp gets sucked down into the bed, and then the bed, yeah. like, barfs all that blood up. I was like, yeah. yeah. In both the first one and the seventh one, I think they have a lady uh, taken up into the middle of the air and yeah. killed in the middle of the air. Yeah. The other um, one I always remember, the, the other one I always remember from the Nightmare series was um, the third one. The one with Patty Arquette. Yeah, Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, where the girl... There was the one girl who always just was watching TV. She just... she All she did was watch TV, and Freddie... Came out of the TV and like grabbed her and oh. smashed her into the TV. <laughs> For some reason, I was and then she's and then it shows that it shows like the real world, whatever. She's like up in the TV on the wall, just hanging there. For some reason, <laughs> that one always got me. Um, now, do you remember which famous at the time couple cameoed in? Uh, I think it's five. Freddie's dead. That was oh, that was Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that. They played. They went. They were in that weird little carnival thing. No, they they, they just like knocked on the door. And they're like, hey, because I remember that they I, were like door to door salesmen or something. Okay, because I, I remember them. Neighbor, but, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, but I remember them standing on the doorstep. Tom and Roseanne. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I mean, hey, that's enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't have to go on and on about these. Let's see. How about Friday the Thirteenth? Well, for me, the best death uh, that I can recall is um, from uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, when, the, when the couple is like fucking in the tent and he just stabs. Is it the girl or the guy through the, the chest? The girl. The and like rips her in hell. Yeah. yeah. That was my favorite. I actually saw the unrated version of Jason Goes to Hell, which was... There wasn't much difference between that and the rated version, but I remember... Uh, significantly different was that sex scene uh-huh. because the, where the guy and the girl are going for it in a tent, whatever, and it was practically porn. I was <laughs> like, wow. I mean, it was. 
And then well, she gets stabbed through the back and he rips her. Yeah, that was pretty gross. I, of course, that movie has the beginnings of what would become Freddy versus Jason, too. Mm-hmm. Where when Jason goes to hell, Freddy's hand comes out to get him. Yep, but then you remember, though, they made like two more Jason movies yeah. before they got to Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Because Jason X, I mean, come on. Jason in space. Well, no, I I think it was only I think it was just Jason X in between. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been just Jason X. Yeah. But the one the the scene that I always remember the death that was just so goofy was and I mentioned it to you earlier and you said you didn't remember it was in Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Which is. By far the worst of the movies. And that's saying something. That is saying something. <laughs> uh, but in that movie, uh, there's this this guy who's a boxer. He's uh, training to be a boxer. And they get to New York. And Jason... And him and Jason somehow end up on the roof of this apartment building. Yeah. And the guy's like, come on, Jason. And he starts like punching him. And Jason starts backing up. And he's just punching and punching and punching. Jason gets right to the edge of this, the roof. And the guy's got nothing left. He's winded. He's, you know, whatever. So he had one more punch to knock him over. But then Jason, and he looks at Jason. He goes, give me your best shot. So Jason punches him, knocks his head clean off. (laughs) And his head flies off the roof and into like a dumpster. Perfect. I mean, come on. (laughs) Jason, you didn't know, was the Mike Tyson of the, you know, of the horror He'll bite your ear off, God damn it. Well, among other things. But, <laughs> and then the other one that I remember too was where, um, and I can't remember, this maybe was Jason. Uh, no, they did it twice actually. Because in Jason X it was sort of a joke. Mm-hmm. But in the, and I don't remember which one it was it, the first time they did it where there's a girl in a sleeping bag and Jason just picks up the sleeping bag and starts whacking it against the yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of scenes like that, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's an old John Frankenheimer movie from like 1978 called Prophecy, where all this, all these toxic chemicals get into the water and they start mutating like all the wildlife in the area. (laughs) And so there's this, there's this scene and it's like a horror movie, I think, um, horror mixed with like eco, but (laughs) whatever. Eco horror? Exactly. Hey. Hey. Al Gore's favorite. <laughs> but, um, so there's this mutant grizzly bear, and he comes upon these campers, and, like, one of the kids is in his sleeping bag, and, like, I swear all you see is, like, this big paw, and it wipes at one of the sleeping bags, and it goes flying off against this cliff, and it just, like, poof, and all the down feathers. Oh, man. And you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's a strong grizzly bear. Exactly. I mean, grizzly bears are strong, but come on, that's kind of <laughs> anyway. But, sleeping bag fun over. Oh yeah, well, sleeping bag fun. Come on, man. But um, yeah, in Jason X, that was it was the joke where they were trying to fool Jason with the yeah, hologram. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Okay, so okay, I could go on and on about Friday the Thirteenth. I love those, but I won't. Um, <laughs> let's see. Some of the other ones that I wrote down here are ones that we watched back when we did our little movie horror movie project where we watched all those in a row. Which Prom Night, I don't remember much about Prom Night personally. It's not, I don't remember it being very memorable except the opening scene. I, I, the opening scene of the original Prom Night, it seemed to me, had been directly lifted um, uh, to I Know What You Did Last Summer. 
Right. And where we, the kids are yelling at each other and they've done something wrong and, they're, and, they're, and they have to make a pact never to talk about it. Right. Yeah. You're, I, you, I, that rings a bell. I, because I just... And I remember that we watched these prom night movies. Yeah. But I really don't remember... I mean, the only thing I remember is that when we were watching the first one, we made some comment during the movie about... Because Leslie Nielsen was the police detective or the principal? No, principal. Principal, okay. And he just disappears. Like disappears. halfway through the movie, uh-huh. is just gone. And then at the <laughs> he end... He show. He shows up in the end and like, uh, in, with lipstick on. Yeah. And he, but <laughs> they don't really ever explain like what happened no. to him. He's just gone. And okay. you know, it's, it's funny because the, the remake, which I unfortunately saw... Was just terrible. They, I mean, they turn the Leslie Nielsen principal character into some just like predatory, you know, teacher dude who's obsessed with uh, the main character girl, yeah. and it's just boring because these kids just keep going up to the hotel room, and then they get slaughtered in the hotel room, stored in the closet. More kids come into the hotel room, get slaughtered, get put in the closet. More <laughs> kids come in. You're like fuck. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound exactly real uh, original when it comes to that, but <laughs> Jonathan Shack took the uh, Ooh. um Leslie Nielsen role in that. Ooh, movie. nice. Yes. Okay, well so problem night, yeah, again, I mean that wasn't I I don't remember much about it, but whatever. <laughs> Somehow there were four. Of them. Yeah, they made four Well we okay, now maybe again, here we go again with what I didn't not necessarily <laughs> understand but don't remember very well. Uh-huh. Which one was the one, was it prom night, like three, where somehow they got sort of sucked into some alternate dimension or something, and then at the end it was like they were at this diner, like they went back in time, or some weird shit, do you remember this? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Okay, I've been, since we started talking about these horror movie yeah. series, I've been trying to remember what movie that was. <laughs> And I know we watched it. I know it was one of the ones we watched. And I'm pretty sure it's like the third prom night. It might but, be. But, but it, it ends up at some diner and they think they got away, but then they really didn't. It was weird. Yeah. I don't remember, but whatever. <laughs> if you know out there, let us know because I'm apparently mystified by this and for some reason <laughs> it's sticking in my brain. <laughs> so then we got, let's see, we pretty much talked about Night of the Demons already. Yeah, that's uh, the first and the third are skippable. It's the second that's the it's gem. just awesome gem. Awesome <laughs> <laughs> definition of awesomeness. Exactly. And then okay, Sleepaway Camp was one that I came up with. I think we only watched the first one, and I, I I'll never get over that last line. She's a boy. I know. It's like, you know, Sly Stallone's second cousin. She's a boy. <laughs> well, it was like the old, like, uh, maintenance guy or something that said that, right? No, no. It was, it was you know, the, the like, studly muscle. Was um, it? Yeah, yeah. Like, camp counselor. I could have swore it was, like, the janitor or something. Who looked like he was about, 30, you know, 20 years too old to be a camp counselor. But right. he was a camp counselor, yeah. Yeah, huh. Yeah, no, that, well, and I was a little surprised because they didn't, they didn't shy away from it in that. They showed the full frontal, that's a boy. You know, remember? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, wow, okay. Uh, it is I don't even remember the motive for that. I like, don't at all. Because you know how each of these series, there's like, Freddie, he got burned alive because he was a child rape, killer, rapist, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jason was revenging his mother. And also taking revenge on the counselors that let him drown. And, yes, and Jason's mother was, yeah. That's yeah, sort of the theme for both of them. Right. But then, um, and then Night of Demons, obviously, was just demons, so it's like... <laughs> <you know. laughs> they just came from hell. What are you going to do about that, right? 
Um, and, but I don't remember what the motive was for Sleepaway, the killing for Sleepaway Camp. I think it was similar to Friday the 13th, but... I think it, I think so, if I remember. Either that or the... Like, they have been raising this boy as a girl and he was pissed off or something like Something that. like, something weird. Something <laughs> fucking weird. Something very odd and psychological. <laughs> okay, well, so then let's see, um, any, uh, sort of one-off horror movies that you can think of that you, that have memorable kills or scenes? Oh, I... Not that I remember. I was gonna. I was gonna say that I remember. I don't think they're trying to do this anymore. Just because on the face of it, it sounds stupid. But when they did the Freddy versus Jason, I remember for a long time they were trying to get Michael Myers versus um, Pinhead, uh, right? Pinhead off the ground. I was like, wow. I think Pinhead wins. Pretty much. <laughs> Michael Myers versus Pinhead. I. I'm not sure that that's the audience really. That like the wider. <laughs> wide audience that Freddy versus Jason would have got. Yeah, probably not. I don't, I don't, Hellraiser has always seemed more like the cult horror movie. Like, somehow there are eight of them, but I don't know that many people that really like those. Are there really eight? Yeah. Wow. Well, I know that the one... And there are, like, three of them are Alan Smithy films. Yeah, I was just gonna say, the, <laughs> the Bloodlines one. Yeah, Hellraiser is... in space. Why yeah. do they always go to space? When are they gonna take Michael Myers to space? Fuck. <laughs> Well, I liked Jason X just because it was so goofy. That was supposed to be the one that was by fans for fans. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of taking that um, that tone that the Chinese guy brought to uh, Chucky. Yeah, and kind of trying to make it kind of riffy and. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when Jason gets blown away and then he gets rebuilt and he's like metal robot Jason and I mean, stuff. He's Transformer Jason? Yeah, right. He, yeah. <laughs> he's like Cyborg Jason, whatever. That was kind of good. But, you know, for whatever reason, and I think maybe they hit the tone well enough for me yeah. that I kind of enjoyed it just because it was just, you know, you can't take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, it, some horror movies, they try and, you know, take it seriously. Exorcist, you know, oh. whatever, but... You know, The Exorcist has never been scary to me. That's and maybe it's just because I wasn't at that time, you know, and I, it, it didn't. Uh, but but by the time it had, I saw it, it was like totally passe. I just don't find it scary at all. That was one of the few horror movies that really did scare the crap out of me. Really? Yep. It I scared d- the shit out of me. I have never Pazuzu. I always just thought it was a little silly. Well, that's because you've seen the other the sequels. The Exorcist on its own, and and you don't have to agree with me, but I swear that's one of the few horror movies I've ever seen that really just scared the shit out of me. There are plenty of horror movies that have scared me because I'm kind of a puss like that. But <laughs> but, um, but no, that was not one of them. Okay. Well, and you know, hey, I love I, Billy Friedkin. You know. Well, yeah. If I, I had a wife who would just let me make movies every now and again. Oh, I know. That would be awesome. I'd be sad. I know. That would be just, <laughs> he's got it made, man. Hey, Sherry. Can I, I got this movie with Nick Nolte about basketball. Can I make it? <laughs> sure, honey. Here's $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> With Nick Nolte about basketball. And along came blue chips. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought maybe you were just making that up. As no, sort of, okay. it was blue chips. Okay, right, right, right. And then, well, and then he totally ripped off Rambo, basically, the first one for um, The Hunted. Yeah. With Tommy was, Lee Jones. And, and Benicio Del Toro. That guy comes up in the weirdest movies. (laughs) I I know. It's like somehow in my mind, I think that Benicio Del Toro goes on like a three year bender and just like living in a hotel in, you know, Juarez or something. Yeah. Just like, you know, clicking a gun over, playing Russian (laughs) roulette with himself or something. And then he goes, 
I need more money. And he wanders off to Hollywood and makes Wolfman. Yeah, know. or The Hunted. <laughs> you know? It's like, what? Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> when Freakin, yeah. I, he, I don't know. Freakin went, like, he had that great period. Like, Exorcist and Sorcerer and French Connection all at once. And then after that, it was, like, severely downhill until you get to, like, Rules of Engagement, which is, like, the worst, worst movie ever. I never liked Sorcerer as much <laughs> as you did. I love Sorcerer. Yeah. I love it. I just, I couldn't get into it as much as you did. I don't, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe you have to have a soft spot for Roy Scheider, but it is intense. Yeah. Okay, so in case you're wondering what Sorcerer is, which you probably are, because not that many people mm-hmm. saw it. Um, True. It's a movie with Roy... You, you should explain it. You, you, <laughs> you like it better than I do. Well, so I it's based it on this old French movie called Wages of Fear, and it's about these, like... Uh, it starts off with these stories of, of these four kind of criminals and crooks who are, who've, like, robbed people or pissed people off or assassinated people, and they all end up in this bogus um, South American country just, like, sitting around. And so then they're trying to... There's like an oil rig that's uh, that's over this treacherous path, and uh, it blows up. and it, And in order to put out the fire, they have to get nitro to the thing so they can blow up the thing so right, it'll yeah. put out the fire. Um, and so, but they they can't uh, they can't fly it there because it'll explode because it's nitro and all this stuff. So they decide to put it on trucks and send it over this perilous mountain pass. Okay, see, and, I didn't remember the backstory. I remember the mountain pass thing, yeah, yeah. whatever. And so, and so, all these miscreants, these uh, these uh, these criminals, volunteer and uh, and uh, end up carting this stuff over the over the mountains, and it's really intense. See, and I remember watching it with you, but I just didn't remember what the backstory was. I remember that they were calling, they were hauling this stuff up mm-hmm. the mountain, and then there was a the part where they go across that bridge and. Yeah, yeah. And the, I, I love the scene where the other truck blows up, where they're just like, ha, 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 the tire blows out, boom. <laughs> You're like, holy fuck! Whoa, didn't see that guy. Girl blows up. <laughs> to steal hey, wasn't that a title of one of our podcasts? <laughs> yeah, hey, a little self-promotion, never hurts. <laughs> okay, so... I think that's basically it for the horror stuff. I can't really think of anything yeah, else. Yeah, we, so. we ended up going off track, so it's probably... Yeah, well, you know, into Sorcerer, which... <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, but then... Okay, so then we got the... We got our, you know, uh, our section that the people out there love, or at least one of them, <laughs> the movies that we almost saw together. Exactly. Um, so you start... Tell me about the Nick Cage Wicker Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've seen the old Wicker Man. Yes, I have. And I've seen the new Wicker Man. And I think that I may have seen some of the old one a long time ago, but yeah. I really don't remember it at all. Uh-huh. But Nicholas, okay, in the new Wicker Man, Nicholas Cage is this cop uh, in this little podunk town in like Northern California, uh-huh. and he's riding around on his motorcycle one day, and there's uh, this this mom and daughter who are driving in their station wagon, and he sees them get in this wreck. This truck hits them or something. Their car lights on fire. He's trying to get the little girl out, and the car blows up. Uh huh. So then he's all depressed, and he's sitting at home, going, "Oh, poor me! I couldn't save this girl." He gets a letter from this former lover of his, uh-huh. who he'd almost gotten married to. My daughter's missing. Will you please come help me find her? I live on this island 
off the coast of Washington, I think. Yeah. And he's like, well, okay, you know, he goes up there and this, it's this like weird cult of these women that basically, it's sort of this cross between this sort of mother earth kind of thing and like paganism and yeah it's just it's creepy these women <laughs> and, and they in the in the movie they get the most mannish like <laughs> like butch women they can find and these are these women that live on this island and Nicolas Cage is going oh you're a bunch of freaks and blah 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 and so he's trying to find this little girl and all these weird things keep happening they won't tell him if she's alive if she's dead if she they murdered her or whatever, but you get the impression, and I'm sure they say this at some point, that they're going to sacrifice this girl mm-hmm. so that the crops will come back. Right. And so he finally, at the end, and spoiler coming, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, About the Wicker Man. About the Wicker Man. Um, uh, he, they have this big festival kind of thing where they're going to supposedly go sacrifice this girl. He sees the girl tied to the tied to this post with a wood underneath it like they're gonna burn her yeah he rescues her they run off through the woods um she leads him back to the whole group of women turns out it was this whole big contrived plot to get him there so they could sacrifice him in the wicker man which is this giant statue built out of wood they like they lock him in and light it on fire yeah so I always heard the new... I never saw the new one. I heard it was, like, ridiculously goofy. It is. It is. Like, Nick Cage is, like, so off in the wild blue yonder that it's not even... Oh, yeah. No, he's... You know, he's he's doing the the requisite Nick Cage, you know, clenching his jaw and his eyes kind of bugging out and, you know, whatever. And just some of the stuff, again, like these women, they're so just... I mean, there's this one woman that literally, I think, was actually a guy. <laughs> but, and then um, Ellen Burstyn, I think, is yeah. the leader. Yeah. And uh, she's real weird and sort of one of these real, um, ser- like, unnaturally serene, you know. Yeah. Oh, everything's going to be fine once we do the sacrifice. And then... Um, for some reason, Lily Sobieski's in it for like she has like <laughs> because six she lines. needed to pay the rent. Well, and she has like three lines. Well, more than three, but not very many. <laughs> and then um, this girl that plays Nick Cage's ex fiance. I swear to God, a couple of times I thought it was Fiona Apple. It looks just <laughs> like Fiona Apple, and uh, she's so weird and kind of just like you want to just slap her and be like, hey. Pay attention right here. Come on, you know, <laughs> like you're actually in this movie. She's always sort of like wandering around, sort of in a fog, you know, not really answering any questions and going. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, the, and the woman from uh, from Six Feet Under's in it. Which one? Uh, the mom that played. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was Francis? Francis? No, Francis. Something or other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something or other. And then, and then at the end, and I gotta tell you, this was so funny. All these women, they get ready for this big festival, this like gathering thing where they're gonna supposedly burn this girl. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage knocks out the manish, the manish, the manliest of the manish women, <laughs> the linebacker, who literally is like bigger than him. Yeah. 
And he, he knocks her out and steals her costume so that he can blend in without anybody seeing. Her costume is a bear costume. So you have Nicolas Cage running around in this bear costume. Oh. Yeah. And then at the end, after they capture him, they lay him down on the ground and break his legs, which... Then, on top of that, they lower it, or they raise him up into the wicker man by his legs. So you get two broken legs, and they have him tied around his ankles. They're hauling him up upside down. How much would that fucking hurt? <laughs> so anyway, at the end, I noticed, and I don't know, I'm sure this was intentional. It had to have been. While him and the girl are running through the woods, he takes off the bear costume. But it, it, when you see him laying there, he's still got the bear feet on. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing those big bear slippers. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how are you going to take this seriously? Oh, yeah. Uh, but then, okay, but then in the end, the ending was so bad because the, okay, it's supposed to be this big revelation that they tricked him to get him there so they're going to sacrifice him, which, duh. Yeah. I mean, you figure it out when he gets there, basically. <laughs> but then... Okay, they light the wicker thing. There's like 30 seconds of this thing burning. It falls over, and that's the end. Goodbye, movie. That's it. Yeah. It's like, what? Not, uh, that's it. And then his <laughs> daughter. Oh, it was creepy, though. His daughter, the little girl. Oh, it turns out it's his daughter. Yeah. Which, yeah, okay. But um, they don't say that until about halfway through. But okay. anyway, his daughter's the one that lights him on fire. That lights the thing. And she's just sitting there, she's like, hee hee, I'm burning my daddy. It's like, how fucking creepy is that? I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. I didn't, I'm glad I watched the Rift Tracks version of it because <laughs> I'm not kidding, I couldn't have finished it without that. Yeah. And he has all these weird flashbacks for no reason. Uh-huh. Like, he, there's these flashbacks of this when the car blows up and when he's talking to his cop friend of his and blah, 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 for no reason. To give him backstory. They already showed the backstory, though. They showed... They're flashing back to the same things they already showed. <laughs> really? Okay. I don't know if maybe it was running short or what. Yeah, probably. Um, well, the original is, uh, is a different in tone, let's say. It's... It, well, maybe not, because it is goofy. Like, I remember... It's, it's virtually the same story. You know, this cop goes to this island to search for a missing girl... Um, he's extremely religious. Okay. He's like a super Christian. And he goes to this island, he's deeply offended by all these naked people and all this stuff, because it's it's supposed to be, I think they represent themselves as like a commune or something. And Christopher Lee is their leader. Uh And uh, (laughs) I I seem to remember like there's a scene in, in the inn in like a bedroom where Britt Eklund is just like dancing totally in the nude <laughs> to like some weird, you know, like I was like, okay. <laughs> but um but you know more and more he gets involved, he figures out it's a cult and uh and they're again they're gonna sacrifice this little girl. So he's trying to save this little girl. This little girl's missing, blah blah blah. Um and at the end of course they go um and while he's rescuing her from the Wicker Man, I think that might be the difference, but he's, I think he rescues her from the Wicker Man and she locks him in. And then they set it afire. So was it a setup? In, like, yeah, is yeah. in the first, in the one like I watched? The little, I think if I, if I remember correctly, and let me know if I'm wrong, people in podcast land, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, he goes up there to save the little girl into the little hole in the Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she like gets out and locks him in. Okay. And then they take away the ladder and they set it on fire. 
And <laughs> the whole, like, cult is, is like, doing the whole kumbaya thing, like, yeah. hands across America thing around right. the Wicker Man, like, and singing. <laughs> as, as you just hear these, like, cries for, like, literally two minutes of film. Well, see, that's the funny thing, is that when I, the one that I watched... There's no payoff. I mean, you know, Nick Cage gets, they put him in there, whatever, and oh lord, the last about five or ten minutes, he goes into like some, uh, he goes onto some other planet when it comes to acting. Because <laughs> the thing that they're, the, one of the things that the women on this island in the newer one, they, they raise bees. Yeah. And, um, He's allergic to bees, so he always carries around these little syringes of uh, adrenaline or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So they put this little, they put this cage thing over his head, and then they pour a bunch of bees into it. And he's and he goes into the whole. Remember when I made mention of the Christian Slater commentary for the blind thing? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, my eyes. He's going, they're crawling in my eyes. And he's freaking out, and then he's and then when they're about to like break his legs and put him in the wicker man, he's going, "I don't believe in your religion," and it's like, "What? I mean, <laughs> what? Who cares if you believe in it or not? They're <laughs> killing you." <laughs> but the original is far more creepy, and its its kind of oddity is puts you enough off of your kind of normalness yeah. that it, it's it's. It's effective. And by the time you get to the end where the dude's burning in the Wicker Man, it's freaky. Yeah, see this but one... The, I, I always heard the original is, is, is so bad it's funny. The original? Or, I mean the, the remake. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's bad. And, and the thing is, is that I think Nick Cage is not the right person to put in that movie. No. The guy in the original is like a block. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, well, I was trying to remember who it was that was in the original. Nobody. It's just some British it's, guy, right? It's just some British guy, Christopher Lee and Britt Eklund, and those are like the only famous people. Okay, because yeah, and, and then in the new one too, they sort of switched up the whole cult thing in that made it into this real feminist paganism yeah. thing. Whereas in this one, it, what, what you're talking about in the older one, it sounds almost like they're almost sort of all like hippies gone weird. Well, it is pagan. It's a pagan ritual, but they're just kind of like hippies on this weird Scottish isle. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this this new one, like I said, it's... it's there's, it, there's nothing to it. Yeah. I mean, he goes to this island, these women act weird, they trick him, which, oh my God, if you couldn't see that coming, you're a complete retard. <laughs> I mean, maybe not in the sense of his character should have seen it coming. Yeah. But if you're watching this movie and you're surprised by this quote-unquote <laughs> twist, stop watching movies because... <laughs> Go read a book. Either that or you've been watching... You know, keep watching movies because these hackneyed, you know, twists will actually be effective on you, but... <laughs> <coughs> well, I think we've had enough of the Wicker Man. Yeah, I know I have. <laughs> but, so let's see. Movies that you saw that I didn't, surrogate, right? Yes, I did. I went to see Surrogates, which is uh, the new Bruce Willis picture that's been in the theater for a couple weeks, and um, directed by Jonathan Mostow, co-stars Rada Mitchell and uh, James Cromwell. Cromwell, gotta love Cromwell. But uh, it's um, 
It's uh, boring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, it's this totally cliched plot by now. Um, where, you know, everybody's in, you know, everybody lives through their surrogates and, and, but there are these rebels who don't want anything to do with the surrogates and they're led by the prophet played by Bing Rames. Who does, wait, who sur- li- wait hold, hold on one second. The surrogates are what? Clones or robots? Or robots. What? A robots. That okay. you, that you live, you're like sitting in a bed in your home with these things over your eyes and you control with your thoughts, your surrogate wandering around in the real world. Gotcha. And the point of this is what? You never have to worry about anything. You, know? you can just do whatever you want. and it, Right. You can, you can go jump off a cliff if you felt like it, and it wouldn't affect you. Correct. Okay, gotcha. And you just have a new, new surrogate the next day. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So it's like avoidance. That's all the surrogates okay. are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, you can look at, like, that was kind of funny. The opening scene has, has you know, like this air... To the you know the the surrogate fortune or whatever, um, getting killed while he's with this blonde bimbo, you know, at a claw at a at a at a club, and when they go to find who was the you know who was controlling the blonde bimbo, it turns out to be this like forty year old bald fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, internet joke exactly. there, you know, zing. Except he could live his life as a blonde bimbo. That, now see that opens up all kinds of weird. <laughs> yeah, but um, but anyway, so the the movie gets going, and I don't I don't know if I should ruin it. I'll, I'm just gonna go ahead. So Ving Rhames, it's the weirdest character ever. It's like his stock character where he's like, "You shall know the truth." But he he does every scene with his hands up like he's praying like this. Yeah. And he's like, "Hello, sir." And you're like, really? <laughs> put, your, "Put your fucking hands down." We don't need to see your hands in every scene. <laughs> but okay, so here's the, the the main problem, the biggest plot hole in this movie uh-huh. is that the bad guy is one character, and yet throughout the movie, even though he doesn't want to get caught, like at the end, he it's not like he's expecting Bruce Willis at the end. Um, or maybe he is, but he doesn't think he'll be able to stop him. But for some reason, he keeps giving him hints throughout. Like he's always like, "Chase down the money. Where'd this come from?" And he and he and he keeps giving him hints throughout the movie. And by the time you get to the end, you're like, "Why was he encouraging him?" So Bruce Willis is like a cop that's trying he's to find FBI. who killed the who who's got this weapon that can kill people through their surrogates, which is supposed to be the the reason you have surrogates. Okay, okay, is yeah. that it's a protective barrier from you yeah. against the world. Um, but uh, but so now there's this weapon that can kill people through their surrogates. Yeah, gotcha. sends a surge through yeah. their surrogates, yeah. too. blows their head up. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just and it, that's it. Just kind of ruins it. You're like, really. I don't understand that at all. Like, why would he keep telling him how to catch yeah, him? Uh-huh. Does it, do they ever even explain at all why he did that? No. No? Just like... No. Well. He shows up at the end. The guy's about to kill everyone, everyone operating a surrogate in the world. No, is it everybody that does this or just some people? Uh, there's, there's a little... <laughs> they call them reses. Where the people who don't want to have surrogates live. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, because it's like a whole thing that, like, when, like, uh, it's uh, there's kind of some weird, like, I don't know, racial message underneath where, where the people who have the surrogates, like, beat up people without surrogates and call them meat bags. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre. 
And but but the the ending makes no sense because a the message is of course you shouldn't deal with the world you know be careful of the internet personal interaction is important right um, and so at the end instead of killing everybody with a surrogate he just disables every surrogate in the world oh and of course it's like well fuck in like a month they're gonna start producing surrogates again yeah, I was gonna say they would be still making them right yeah oh lord and it, it brings up there, like there's this weird technological device where the FBI has this ability to, to hack into any surrogate but for some reason it's not just in the US it's in the world and you're like why does the FBI have the ability to get into like surrogates in Zimbabwe <laughs> you know <laughs> why yeah, well, you know you want to know what those fucking Zulus are up to god damn it exactly but, I don't know. It's a silly movie. It's boring. Don't see it. Well, see, and I had read that... Um, I had... I mean, obviously, I knew it was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I had read something about it. Some Somebody's opinion was that... Okay, well, it's supposed to... I And I don't know if this is true or not, but the person who I was listening to or reading was under the impression it was supposed to be a fairly big movie. Like, it... You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, you can tell they had something of a budget at least. Okay, well then, they, and they, yeah, and then so they're going, and it's Bruce Willis and whatever. Now, the reason that you can already tell it's not going to be any good is that it came out in October. Yeah. Not in July, not at Christmas, mm-hmm. October. It's a dump. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's where movies go to die. <laughs> I think we made mention of that last week, too. Yeah, the, the worst months are September and January, but October's not much better if you're not yeah. a horror movie. Well, if yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's a horror movie, perfect. But, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to think. I don't think that I've seen any other movies that, like, that maybe you haven't seen this last week. So, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't have anything to contribute to that particular... Jeez, Amos! I know, right? Oh, no, and we talked about Chill Factor. You watched it. I didn't, but I have it on the computer. So, I'll watch it. We'll do it next week. We won't do this section for that one this week. See, now, the story here is that we we were listening to an older podcast, and I remembered the rather ridiculous setup of Chill Factor. Right. And uh, and we decide. I looked it up in our, in our in the video hound. Which if you if you need a book of movie reviews, get, get the video. Hound. Yeah, get the video hound golden movie retriever. <laughs> fuck the Leonard Malton bullshit. I know. Like, fuck eh, video. Yeah, hound. yeah. it's exhaustive. Oh, anyway, Lord. and they given it a woof, and they gave it like this hilarious review. And I when we decided we had to watch it, so um, I <laughs> have and. Did we not? We didn't mention that on the actual podcast, right? No, no. This was just like after when we were. Okay, okay, yeah. Because something we mentioned, I was like, "What was that?" I think we had mentioned like Skeet Ulrich, or no, it was Cuba Gooding Jr. Was that? Yeah, from the Christian Slater movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Well, you know what? I always get for some reason. I always get the Chill Factor and um, that goofy Keanu Reeves movie Chain Reaction mixed up. I love Chain Reaction, and I won't have any disparagement of it. I haven't even seen it, but like, I for some reason I always get those two mixed up. I get well, I get it, and you know why? Why? It's the dumbest reason in the world. <laughs> it's seriously the dumbest reason in the world because in one scene in Chain Reaction, they're like, he has some like sort of fan boat or something. He's, he's going across this frozen the lake. Ice, yeah, that's ex- that's why I have. Dude, 
and you my think memory chill works, factor? Yeah. My memory works different than most people. I have this image. It's associative. And then I, yeah. I have this image and then this title. And my brain gets <laughs> That's it cold. Again. It should be called chill factor. <laughs> There's ice there. Chill factor. Makes sense to me. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was also told... Uh-huh. Um, and this is just so like not having to do with movies whatever but I had asked somebody I said if I can watch a movie that I've never seen before Mm -hmm. with the riff tracks going and still get the movie because that's how I watch Wicker Man but still listen to the riff tracks and still make it funny I'm like does that mean I have either a really super short attention span because I have to have more than one thing going on or that I have a really I am good at concentrating so I can do both she tells me says, oh, you probably have ADD. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, you've listened to the podcast, apparently. (laughs) So apparently, and this person is a nurse that told me this. So apparently, Phil, I've been diagnosed with ADD. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, Rift tracks saved my life. See, I don't know. Like, if, if it's on TV, like MST, MST3K, I can watch because a the movies you don't have to pay attention to. But if I was just sitting down to you know watch Lawrence of Arabia or something, I don't think I'd want the Rift tracks version. I think that would kind of annoy me. Well, there's and certain... maybe not even that serious. If I was sitting down to watch Chain Reaction, I, I don't know if I'd want Rift tracks. Well, see, it's funny because there's certain movies. The only ones that I really like when I do the, when we do the riff tracks and God, this is like f- so much of a free plug for riff tracks. I hope somebody hears this and sends us some free ones. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ! I demand endorsement money for <laughs> riff tracks and Video Hound Golden Movie Retrieval. And going back a little earlier, Budweiser. I, I plug <laughs> Budweiser all the time in the early ones. But anyway, um, the movies that it works best for me are movies that I wouldn't watch normally anyway. Yeah, like Wicker Man. I wouldn't have watched Wicker Man. Yeah. Or movies I've already seen a bunch of times, well, like see, Red Dawn. Yeah. I, see, now that I get. I guess if it's a movie that I'm really familiar with, I could probably do it. But yeah. I don't know. I, I I have a tendency to watch movies I wouldn't normally watch anyway. Like, I, I kind of just consume anything that comes across my path. Yeah, I get that, because I, I do the same thing for the most part. Yeah. But there are certain movies that... And it didn't used to be this way. It used to be that me and you... Would go to see everything that came out. Yeah. We went to go see fucking um, the Tim Robbins Philippi movie on opening day. <laughs> Anti- antitrust. Antitrust. But we used to go see everything. Everything. Or rent everything. What was that? Well, the one with um, Mini Driver. That was like the lowest. High Heels and Low Lives. It's a great movie, people. That but, is a funny movie. But we went to see it in the theater. With, that's with... Uh, Mini driver, mini driver, and Francis McDormand. No, it's some uh, it's some blonde chick who's like on TV or something. Oh yeah, no, that is a funny movie though. Jenny McCormick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something McCormick. No, oh, I don't know. Whatever, it's a funny movie though. Oh, and the other one. Um, remember when we <laughs> went, what's the the flight attendant movie with Mike Myers in sort of this really small role? Oh, view from the top. Yeah, with oh. was it Uma Gwyneth, Thurf- Gwyneth Paltrow? I was. Those two are like the same person. (laughs) (laughs) You put the wrong emphasis on On the the wrong wrong syllable. (laughs) View from the top. I don't know. It's a. It's a. It's a not a good movie. But I love the parts with Mike Myers. Mike Myers is really funny in that. What was the girl saying where he was? Where he responded to it with that? She's saying, (laughs) um, 
Oh, it was something. Please assess the danger or something. <laughs> assess, assess, assess the window. Because <laughs> they were doing evacuation drills. Yeah, yeah. You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. And some of it's just damn funny. Like when like when it goes up for the first time on the <laughs> on the like low rent airline. Yeah. Only flies between Laughlin and Las Vegas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and she's never flown before. <laughs> and she just freaks out. We're gonna die! <laughs> and then all the passengers are looking at her with their eyes like dinner plates. What? That's funny. Yeah. But then it gets too serious. As it goes yeah. It's, it a, it's like... It's got a dichotomy in the middle where the first half was like pure slapstick comedy, and the second half is like a romantic. Movie. Yeah, well, but the 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 whole point of that conversation was that there are movies. It used to be that there were movies that I, I would basically I would watch anything. Like, yeah, and I just basically would just watch anything that was out there. But now there's certain movies. That I just I wouldn't watch, you know, because yeah. there's just so many there that you can't watch it's, everything. It's true. I don't know. It's like I I watch almost anything when it comes on video or something because because you know I have the leisure of just putting it on my Netflix and it shows up. Yeah. At, at some point I go, oh, I wanted to watch this. Right. But, yeah. Um, but when it comes to the theater, it's like I really give it a thought. I'm like, do I really want to see that? Exactly. But and again, I mean, w- there was a time when me and you would like, go to see ru- everything routinely, like three or four movies a week. Yeah, and I mean that was cool. But at the same time, now it's like obviously we don't have the time to do that. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of time, you know. Yes, it is. And so movies like Wicker Man, where I probably would not have watched them normally yeah. if I watch it with the riff tracks. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can, uh, I can still get the movie. Yeah, and it's a saving grace in a lot of ways because it's <laughs> sort of like that's what I, that's sort of how my brain works anyway. I would be thinking or doing or saying you know a lot of the same things that they probably are anyway. Yeah, but um, yeah, I swear that I've watched movies that I never would have watched just because of that. Yeah, you know, I get. And it. then the um, then there's again the movies like Red Dawn. I've seen a hundred thousand times. And then oh. I, I actually started to watch the riff tracks for uh, Star Wars Episode Three. Yeah, I'm going okay, you know. That's but that in itself, that's what two and a half, three hours, or whatever the fuck that movie is. <laughs> like, do I really feel like sitting down and spending that much time watching a movie I've already seen with jokes on it that may or may not be good? Normally they're good, but you know. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. That's my <laughs> rant over. And you know what, riff tracks guys, good job. I love it. Woohoo! Alright. Okay, and also go to canyoufbi at gmail.com, send us some feedback. Well you don't go there, you you write to us there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm new to the interwebs. <laughs> Are you gonna give out our password? Yeah. Oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> Go and read our spam. <laughs> we don't even have any spam. This is what I'm talking about, dude. I mean, we I went off on that one thing about how we don't actually have any spam. We don't. I checked it the other day. We still don't have any spam. I mean, come on. At least just, it's just spam you know, providers. Send us a recipe. Spam providers. <laughs> Doesn't everybody need a bigger penis or something? <laughs> Can you FBI gmail.com need a bigger penis? <laughs> exactly. <God damn> <laughs> Or we want to go on a date with Russian singles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I mean, 
where's my Nigerian prince exactly. in exile? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> and on that note, Nigerian princess sent us some money. Russian, <laughs> Russian singles. I will send you my bank account information. Ru- Russian singles, send us your pictures. Um, <laughs> send us your Viagra. I don't know. I don't care. Extends. Send us something. <laughs> I think on that note, we're done. Um, So take us out, Phil. Can you fucking believe it?